Hello and welcome once again to another edition of Wellbeing. All of my guests on Wellbeing have a very special role in our community and none more so than today's special guest, Dr Paul Craven. He's a neonatologist at the John Hunter Children's Hospital and a conjoint lecturer in paediatrics. Paul, thank you for coming in today and spending time with me. Your speciality is newborn babies in the hospital's intensive care unit. What made you decide that that was what you wanted to do? Well, uh, initially, Iris, I uh, became a, a paediatrician, and I was uh, actually working in the UK at the time. And all the way through medical school, I, I suppose I had an interest in paediatrics, um, and I really enjoyed working with those children. And then when you actually specialise as a paediatrician, half your work is in what we call general paediatrics, which is larger children, and half the work is with neonates, which is babies in the first month of life. Initially, I went to become a general paediatrician and thoroughly enjoyed the work, but found that I missed the intensive care nature of what neonatology is about. And then had this wonderful opportunity to uh, visit uh, Australia uh, for a short period of time. And uh, when I came over here, I, I, I was working in the neonatal intensive care unit again and just absolutely thrived on that work. And it really just went from there that uh, one job led to the next job. And a few years later, I'm still here. Well, I'm glad you're still here. And I'm sure there's a lot of mums and dads who are pleased you're here too. But what was it so special about intensive care for these kids? I, I think that um, it's the ability to do so much to such a vulnerable person in society um what i see it as is that you're really starting somebody's life and that life is going to go for the next 80 or 90 years and i think as technology has changed we can do so many things for a newborn baby and what people don't realize is it's not just looking after a baby it's looking after every single condition that you can find in medicine but in a baby Mm. Uh, and that's quite amazing. So you're looking after babies who are not just premature, but babies with major uh, medical problems, major surgical problems, and you're also looking after families as well. So it's not just your work in the intensive care. It's work with absolutely wonderful families and other specialties as well. So lots of other people get involved in the care of newborn babies. In your immediate team at ICU, how many people do you have working with you? Well, in the neonatal intensive care unit at John Hunter Children's Hospital, we actually have about 157 nurses in that unit alone. We then have six specialist neonatologists, we have five nurse practitioners, and we have five registrars, and then we have a whole team of support that works across the whole area of the children's hospital, mm. but actually helps us in the neonatal intensive care. You know, and there, there are people such as physiotherapists and speech, speech pathologists who actually have a very important role in the, the larger scale of the hospital, but also within the neonatal unit at all times as well. That's a tremendous amount of people. It's, uh, it's huge. Mm. And uh, the thing about uh, the, the John Hunter Children's Hospital has expanded quite rapidly. We, we've actually gone from a uh, 29-bedded unit to 41 beds in John Hunter, and uh, that's probably over about the last three or four years. So with that has come the, the introduction of many more staff mm. and lots more training for those staff as well. Mm. So it, it's, it's a fantastic unit and a great opportunity to work with a, an amazing group of people. How soon in a mother's pregnancy do you get involved? Because obviously you don't wait until the baby's there you must have some inclination of or knowledge that there could be trouble so how early do you get in contact yeah that, that's right we uh, there's a number of um situations where we become involved 
If um, a mother comes into hospital with a premature labour, which means that she's gone into labour before the 37th week, that is when we become involved with those families. And in that situation, what we do is we, we talk to parents and we talk to the mother and the father and the extended family about what it's like to actually have a premature baby. And we go through information such as how long they might be in hospital, mm-hmm. how well the babies are going to do whilst in hospital, and what the major problems are when they actually come into hospital. Now, that's, that's for parents who are going to have a premature baby. There is another situation where when mothers have had the um, 18-week ultrasound scan, an abnormality might be identified on that scan. If an abnormality is identified on that uh, scan, then what we actually do is we we become involved as part of a a team of people who are there to counsel those parents about what it's like to have a baby with an abnormality. So that might be, for example, a a Down syndrome or a child who has some bone structure that's going to cause a problem. That's right. I mean, probably the, the commonest thing we see are parents whose baby's been diagnosed with a problem with a kidney, for example, Mm. where the kidney could be dilated um, on the inside. Mm. And what we're doing is we're actually looking at the baby inside the the uterus at that stage. Mm. And what we can see is we can see that that kidney is larger than normal. Mm. We've measured it. And then we we counsel the parents as to what that might mean. And that could be what it might mean while the baby's still inside, but more importantly, what it's going to mean when the baby's born. And that could mean that uh, obviously we're going to become involved at that stage and also run some investigations at that time. And there's a whole host of different things that that the babies present with before they're Mm -hmm. born. And as you say, it could be things such as um, conditions such as Down syndrome, which can be diagnosed antenatally, Mm -hmm. but also major structural problems of all the different parts of the body, such as the heart and the gut Mm -hmm. and also of the brain as well. So if you get a child that, you know, you've used the kidney as an example, when that baby's born, do you have a urologist there as well or do you have a urologist as part of your team? Well, if a baby's born with a kidney problem, generally those babies aren't going to get in too many problems at birth. Mm. And in that situation, what we do is we allow, obviously, for as many times as possible for normal delivery mm. and then when the baby is born we review that baby to make sure there's no other associated features with the kidney problem mm. and then what we will do is organize some scans and depending on what those scans show then we will involve the specialist that is required so sometimes the specialists get involved before the delivery mm. and sometimes the specialists would get involved after the delivery one of the, the commonest things we actually see is where the bowel, instead of actually re-entering into the abdominal cavity during the, um, the, the whole process of pregnancy, mm. the bowel remains on the outside. And if that bowel remains on the outside during pregnancy, then the baby is born with the bowels on the outside. If we diagnose such a condition as that, then what we would do is get a surgeon involved before the delivery mm. so that so that surgeon could actually explain to the parents what they will be doing once the delivery has occurred. And then in that situation, they will then review the baby once the baby is born as well. And and I guess the fact that it's newborn doesn't make any difference as far as anaesthetists and, and all of those things. It just goes ahead as, a, as an adult um, surgery. 
Well, it's slightly different actually because we're really lucky that in New South Wales we have three children's hospitals and with those three children's hospitals and that's Westmead Children's and Sydney Children's and John Hunt Children's Hospital, we actually have a group of specialists that specialise with children only. So we actually have a number of paediatric surgeons who really only operate on children and we're extremely fortunate at John Hunter Children's Hospital also to have a group of anaesthetists who actually are used to and trained in the anaesthesia of newborn babies as well. So we're very Mm. lucky. I mean, when you think about it, you get these babes who are so small and then, you know, a grown-up person is going to be operating on them. Just the, the techniques must be very, very special. I think that um, when I look at the spectrum of ages and also weights that we look after babies, mm. you know, some of those babies can be, you know, as small as 500 grams. And I'm not saying that they're going for surgery, but those babies are incredibly small and everything you're dealing with is incredibly small as well. Mm. So when you're learning skills, I say to people, this is not easy. You know, this, mm. this is hard to learn this. And therefore, what we must ensure is we give as much support at all times. Because I think for a lot of people, it's a scary environment. It's scary not just for the parents. It's it's also an area where, you know, things happen very quickly and we must all be on the ball all the time so we can react to those things as well. You're listening to Wellbeing and today my guest is Dr. Paul Craven. Paul, in the neonatal ICU... What's the shortest gestation period that a baby can usually survive? Yeah, um, the earliest gestation that babies survive in New South Wales is 23 weeks gestation. Um, we, we look after babies in the nursery from that period of time, from 23 weeks, um, all the way through to what we would say is four weeks corrected, so four weeks post their due dates at that stage. Mm. Now, obviously, that is a huge range. And if you're born at 23 weeks, your your average, you know, a weight that you could be born with would be 500 grams. And a term baby would be three and a half kilograms. So, you know, the the comparison is is huge. It's it's seven times an increase in weight in that that space of time. So we've got lots of different techniques for looking Mm -hmm. after extremely small babies than actually looking after term babies. When a baby is that small, after it's born, does it go straight into um, humicrid? The tw- 23 weeks is about the earliest gestation. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around the 24 weeks gestation is, is the gestation we tend to see more babies in the neonatal mm-hmm. intensive care unit. Very small babies, it's very important that as soon as they're born, we look after three things. The first thing is we must make sure that they're kept warm at all times because babies can lose heat incredibly quickly. Mm. And so as soon as a baby is born at 24 weeks, we become involved and we're actually in the room with the mother and the father and and everyone at Mm. that stage. And it's quite unusual, but when we actually start with newborn babies, the best way to keep them warm when they're that small is actually to use something like Glad Wrap. And we actually wrap that around a newborn baby. And what we're really doing is just sealing that nice warm fluid that they've come out of around their skin. And we're just going to use Glad Wrap to do that. And we do it underneath a nice warm heater on warm blankets in a protected environment. And so we keep them warm. And the second thing we want to make sure is that we obviously give them oxygen if they need it and help with them with breathing. And the third thing, as soon as we get to the nursery, is we make sure that, uh, make sure that their sugar levels are normal and we actually give them treatment for that if they require it as well. Now, if a baby is only 24 weeks gestation, are all the bits and pieces formed at that stage? Um, the, the, on the outside, the baby looks completely formed. 
Uh, you'll see all the hands, fingers, toes. Mm. It's absolutely wonderful. And, and parents, you know, it's really important to explain to parents that the baby will look completely fully formed at that stage. Mm. The problem for us really is the internal organs and that the, the problems we tend to find are with the lungs because the lungs are at a stage of development. They're not fully formed at that stage. And when the lungs aren't fully formed, obviously that's where we can have difficulty trying to get to those stages of supporting the baby through the growth of the lungs. And how long does that usually take? Well, if you're born at 24 weeks, what we say is you generally go home when you're due. So you're mm. talking about a 16-week stay in hospital. So it's a long time in actual fact. But then an, a pregnancy is a long time too, particularly I, in that last month for a mum. I, I think it, it is a huge time, um, you know, to have a pregnancy. But mums are very often at home, seeing their friends, living with their family. Yeah. When you have a newborn baby who's 16 weeks early and they're staying in an intensive care environment, there's two situations. You either live near the centre and therefore you can go home and come mm. back in to visit your baby on a, a daily basis. Or you live a long way away. And, and that's a really difficult situation for those mm. families because they have to rely on staying locally because we need their help with caring for their baby mm. at all times. And that's why we rely on um, areas such as Ronald McDonald House, where the parents mm. would stay at that stage, have wonderful facilities provided, and then be able to visit their babies throughout that period of time. Do you sometimes have a baby that it seems that they're just not going to survive no matter what you do. And then against all the odds, those kids survive and, and take off. Does that happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that uh, the phrase that babies bounce a little bit in respect mm. of they can become as sick as, as you've ever seen a person be mm. one day and the next day they're on the mend. And that's mm. a fantastic thing to see because it means that what we're doing is making a difference. Mm. The important thing with newborn babies, though, is, is as quickly as they can get better, they can get sick again. And so that's why in the unit where we're working, we have so many staff at all times, and that's mm. why we're always, always there night and day to actually ensure that those babies are getting the best care at all times. Because, you know, a baby can be perfectly well one day, and then all of a sudden they get very, very sick. And we're really talking about the most premature babies mm. in that situation. And, and what we try to tell the parents is that those first few weeks when you're in a, in a neonatal intensive care unit is a bit like a roller coaster. You'll have one day where things are going well and one day where things don't go so well. Mm. And it's, it's important that they understand that in that situation so they can actually prepare for those situations. How important is it for the baby uh, and the baby's welfare to have mum around? Mm. It's, it's really wonderful to have mums there and dads and families at all times. And we have a policy where the door really is open at all times. Um, we do have a period during the day where we, which we call a quieter time where we try and give a period of quietness for the baby so they can actually get some sleep at that stage. But otherwise, the parents are welcome in that nursery at all times. And mums and dads are in and out all stages. We certainly have no expectations of how long they stay with their babies because obviously that environment is very foreign to lots of people. Mm -hmm. But certainly coming in, having the opportunity to either hold the baby, cuddle the baby, hold the hand of the baby, mm. stroke the baby, all these wonderful things are very important to that bonding process between parents and babies at that stage. If a baby's too small to pick up and cuddle, as obviously they must be in those very early days, just touching or stroking them has the same effect? It has a, it has a wonderful effect for bonding for parents and, and babies. What we try to do is 
however small babies are, and obviously, if a baby is sick, we're not going to be moving them out of the crib mm. at that stage because we know it is important to keep them in the crib until they're stable and well. But as soon as we can, we get those babies out, and the best way to cuddle them is skin to skin. So mothers actually keeping them on their skin because mum's temperature is, is constant mm. at all times, and however small those babies are, they love that skin to skin contact, and they do very well with it at that stage. Do you have, amongst all your team, do you have counsellors available for the parents when, particularly if things, you know, are not going as well as they hope? I think that we we have an a most amazing team all the way through. I suppose, in a way, we're all counsellors to some extent. We mm. all talk to parents, talk to families, talk to relatives at all times. We are incredibly fortunate. We actually have two social workers working on the unit at all times. Mm. And those social workers are there for those difficult situations, but also for the good times as well. And they're a huge support to families and to individuals as well. And as important as being a support to the family, they're a support to the staff as well. Because it's a difficult environment to work in sometimes. I suppose if, if you look like losing a baby, and obviously that happens, that it must be quite devastating for the, for the people who've been working with that particular child. So the counsellors there would be looking after you and your staff as well as mum and the, and the family? That, that's right. Um, obviously we don't want any baby to, to, to die mm. whilst in the neonatal intensive care unit, but there are a percentage of babies we know because... We are looking after babies who are born so very early now. There's a percentage that will not survive, and we know that. And so it's very important to always be engaged with the family, both before the birth process and also after the birth process. And that's mm. when the baby's doing really well, mm. also when the baby gets sick at that stage. And we do have a team of social workers, as I say, who work with all of us to actually provide care and support at all times. Paul, just sitting here talking to you and listening to you, obviously that's where your heart is. Mm. And your team all feel the same way? I think everybody who works in that environment, it's it's not an um, easy environment to work mm. in. And the work is hard at times. Obviously the work can be quite distressing at times. But I think we all feel we make such a difference to those mm. babies and we just really do love what we do. When a baby has survived and he's going home. Do you feel sad at parting with them? Because you must get them to, to know them quite well. Never. No, it's the most <laughs> wonderful feeling to see them go. <laughs> You've been looking after a baby for a 100 days, and even when they walk out that door, that's just a continuum of their, their care. Because mm. the day you say goodbye is a day that you're welcoming them into a clinic mm. where you're going to be seeing them for the next couple of years. And believe me, when you've looked after babies for a long time, Christmas time is a wonderful time because they all come back and say Happy Christmas to you. <laughs> so it's like one big party every day. It's great. You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols, and today I'm talking with Dr. Paul Craven. He's a neonatologist at the John Hunter Children's Hospital. Not all the babies that are born premature are born in a hospital environment like the John Hunter Children's Hospital or Westmead. How do you make contact or how do they make contact with you to come into your special care? That's right. Well, every effort is made to move a mother who goes into preterm labour or has problems in the pregnancy. So say a mother has problems with blood pressure or she had a bleed before the delivery or that she started having contractions. Every effort is made in every hospital around New South Wales to try and move that mother with the baby before it's born. Sometimes, as you say, that's inevitable. Mm -hmm. And babies, when they want to come, they come. 
and uh, believe me, when they're born, we have to do something at that stage. And, and there's a fantastic system in New South Wales where there's a one-number system where those hospitals will ring what's called NETS, which is New South Wales Emergency Pediatric and Neonatal Transport Service. And by ringing that one-number system, it means that it will get onto a specialist, both in transport but also in the care of newborn babies, on the telephone straight away. And if that baby is born within the Hunter, New England, North Coast or Central Coast region of New South Wales, then often John Hunter is, is a destination that those families choose. Mm. And if they do choose John Hunter, then at that stage what we do is we're involved in the teleconference and we give three bits of advice, basically. We say, A, we will give all the advice that needs to be given to care for that baby before someone gets there. Secondly, we will say, have we got beds available locally where we can take that baby? Because we work as a statewide system, and there may not be a bed in Newcastle, but there may be a bed that's more suitable elsewhere. And thirdly, we have the opportunity, and we're very lucky in John Hunter Children's Hospital, to have a transport service where we can actually go out and help the teams locally to care for that baby, resuscitate that baby, and bring them back to John Hunter Children's Hospital. I understand that you've got a, a special crib that you can hitch into a helicopter or an ambulance. Yes. How often do you have to use that? Basically, the, the crib that we have, we actually have two cribs. And those cribs, as you say, can go into a helicopter. They can actually go into a plane or they can go into a road ambulance and they can go into anywhere in New South Wales. And we probably use it two or three times a week on average. As often as that? As often as that. And, and that's because the service at John Hunter Children's Hospital has actually increased quite dramatically. So probably about four or five years ago, we used to about 30 a year, and we're, mm. we're up to about 80 per year now. So we can use it a couple of times mm. a week. It also gives us the opportunity that um, if we have a team available at that stage and mm. that we're not out elsewhere, we can actually go out and we can help those teams. And that's a fantastic thing to do because mm. it's not just about providing the medical care, it's about providing education and support because whereas we have 4,000 babies born at John Hunter every year, mm. you know, we're very used to resuscitating babies. Mm. Some of those smaller hospitals in our region might only have 30 or 40 babies born each year. And so, you know, we have to provide a continuum of care. It doesn't matter where we are in our area that we provide the best care for babies at all times. When you go out to the distant hospitals and you say they need training, how do they keep their training if they're only going to see 30 babies a year? These, these are the most resourceful and the most amazing people ever because these are people that look after from babies to 90-year-old people requiring mm. ongoing services. And, you know, they, they do it on a daily basis. And what's important is that we provide opportunities for them to maintain those skills. And so from John Hunt's Children's Hospital, we have a very active outreach education program. Uh, we've been to all the hospitals or all the area, the, the regions providing birthing services in both Hunter, New England and the North Coast as well. And we go to those areas. We actually form a partnership with all the local general practitioners, paediatricians, midwives, nursing staff, ambulance staff, and we actually train those people on an ongoing basis. And we, we've trained probably over a 1,000 people now in those regions, and we have a great relationship. So I know I can pick up the phone in John Hunter and speak to somebody in Glen Innes, and I know exactly who they are, and I know exactly where they're standing and what situation they're in at that stage, and that's a really great thing to have uh, to provide that support. Now, I understand that you've very recently come back from a variety bash. 
during which time that was part of the reason for going. What was the main aim of this particular bash? Uh, the, the bash um, was a wonderful opportunity. The Variety um, Club, the children's charity, was fantastic. There was a number of aims. The first aim was to raise money for Variety, the children's charity, and uh, I, I can say, because I know it's public, that uh, we raised nearly $400,000, which wow. is fantastic. The second thing was that we actually provided education along the route this time, mm. and this is the first time it's been done, but what we did is every time we stopped in a in a town overnight is we went to the local hospital and we provided support for that hospital but also for all the smaller hospitals around that region as well and uh, we trained a couple of hundred people in a week and we actually variety um, also bought 17 resuscitation dolls and we delivered one of those to every hospital delivering babies in this region so that was outstanding paul at a later date Will you come back and talk to me about the bash and all that was involved? As they say, what, what goes on the bash stays on the bash, but I'm sure I'm allowed to say enough, yes. <laughs> I would be delighted to come back. But back to the babies that, that you look after here in, in Newcastle. When a baby goes into, into intensive care and all the odds are that that child is not going to survive, no matter what you do, do the parents, once they've lost the baby, is that the end of the communication with with the hospital or does their counselling continue after that? Absolutely not. The, the, the counselling is always there for all parents. Um, if we do lose a baby, obviously we do it as, as a team with the parents. We would never ever make decisions without talking to parents at mm -hmm. all times. All parents are involved in every discussion we have, every decision we have to make. And we do it as a, as a team, as I mentioned, with nursing staff and with the social work staff in the, in the John Hunt Children's Hospital. And after they go home, they have a, a wonderful service where the social workers will remain in contact with that family. We offer also for them to revisit us at that stage. Um, and that's not done within the neonatal intensive care unit. It's done within a neutral environment, so we can actually see parents again, mm. offer some um, some counselling at that stage, but also offer a friend to be there at all times. And, and they can contact us any time if they're at home and they need questions answering or um, they want to talk to somebody, the John Hunter social work team or also the medical team is also available. Now, I understand there's also an organisation called Little Wonders that's available to all of these these people? Little Wonders is a parent support group, and these are parents who are generally going home with a baby at that stage mm. and haven't lost a baby in the nursery, but it's certainly available to all families, and, and I know very well there are families who have joined who have lost babies in the nursery as well, mm. and this is a, a wonderful support group and, and really part of the National Premature Foundation as well, and they provide ongoing support for families so they provide things such as a website um, they provide a chat room for parents to communicate with each other they provide support they provide barbecues and they also pro provide a play group which is a fantastic opportunity for all those babies to get together mm. and encourages development of those babies as well so it's wonderful now the website for anyone who's interested is www.littlewonders dot org dot au is that correct that's correct my guest today has been dr paul craven neonatologist at the john hunter children's hospital and a conjoint lecturer in pediatrics at the university of newcastle paul thank you so much for coming in and just listening to you has been 
such an experience. Please come back and tell us more about the bash. Not just the recent one, but what else goes on. I would love to. Thank you very much, Iris. For you, the listener, thank you very much for joining us. Until we meet again, from all of the team here, we wish you well.